Well, good morning and welcome again to Taylor's First Baptist Church in our remote worship. And I hope you have joined us in the worship time this morning as always. I, I express such great appreciation to our worship team for leading us week after week and uh, allowing us to, to join with them in this time of worship. So we're glad you're here. Hope you will uh, open now your ears and your hearts to receive God's Word uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful again for an opportunity to come together. Uh, thank you, Lord, for all who are gathered in homes or perhaps uh, uh, in cars or wherever they may be today, uh, listening in, uh, viewing this service. Lord, thank you for meeting with us. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher as we open your word together. Give us spiritual eyes and ears to hear. What you would say to us today is the prayer that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before I get started this morning with this particular message, I've had several people ask, Hey, preacher, when are we going to get back into the study of the book of Nehemiah? And we're going to do that in a couple of weeks. But this morning sort of is a transition into that. I want to talk to you about the topic of patience. That's a, that's a good thing for us to think about in these days of COVID-19 and all of the changes that have come into our lives. And patience is something we have to deal with anyway. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been in a hurry when somebody else wasn't? That's a frustrating thing to, to go through, isn't it? Difficult for us. We, we get behind a, a slow driver on the freeway or we get in a long line at the supermarket or you know, we go to the bank and <clears throat> there's only one teller there and the person at the counter has you know, one of those bank bags full of coins and, and bills and checks and it's hard for us. We all know what that feels like, right? We don't like to wait. We have very little patience when we're in a hurry and somebody is holding us up. We're an impatient people living in an impatient culture and we don't like to wait. And maybe that's one good benefit of, of all that we're having to deal with now. We're having to learn a little bit more about patience, aren't we? But this is something we need to carry with us throughout life, even when these days of uh, restriction and social distancing are over. I heard a story about a man who, uh, whose car had stalled on the freeway. Uh, he had been trying to get on to the, to the interstate, and uh, anyway, it stalled there on the entrance ramp to the interstate. Terrible place to stall out. And no matter what he tried to do, he couldn't get it started. And so traffic was piling up behind him. And for the most part, eh, people were handling it pretty well, except for one guy in a pickup truck who just kept laying on the horn. Well, after several minutes of this horn blowing, the guy in the stalled vehicle got out of his car, walked back to the guy in the pickup truck and said to him, Hey, buddy, I'm just as sorry as I can be, but I can't get my car started. If, if you'll go up there and start my car, then I'll stay back here and blow your horn. <laughs> we don't like to wait. And waiting makes us anxious, fidgety. Uh, we get uh, all tied up in knots when we have to, to do that. We don't like to wait because time is precious. There never seems to be enough of it. And because of that, we don't like 
to wait. We're always in a hurry. But I don't know any time when it's harder to wait than when we have to wait on God. When we have a need and we take it to God and God doesn't seem to come through when we go to heaven because something is pressuring us or something is concerning us and heaven is strangely silent, that's when it's very difficult to wait on God. When you're in a hurry and God isn't, that can be a very, very tough time. But here's the truth. If you want God's best for your life and your circumstances, if you want to see heaven at work for you on planet earth, then you're going to have to learn to do something and I'm going to have to learn to do something that's probably harder for us to do than anything else. We're going to have to learn to wait on God. But preacher, my need is so great. I understand. Wait on God. But it's so hard. I know. Wait on God. But I've been waiting so long. Keep waiting. But I don't know if I can hang on. Hang on anyway. But I don't feel like waiting, preacher. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. The question is not, how do you feel? The question is, will you do what God's Word tells you to do? And this Word says, wait on God. So I want us this morning to look together at a passage of Scripture in James chapter 5. Now, I'm going to be reading this morning beginning with verse 7. And I want you to follow along. You, you, the, the Scripture's there for you on, on the message guide for today, or you can, you can find it uh, in your own copy of God's Word. So let's read together beginning with verse 7. James says, Be patient, therefore, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the valuable fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives the spring and the autumn rains. You also be patient and stand firm, for the Lord's coming is near. Do not grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be judged. Look, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of Suffering and patient endurance, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We consider those blessed who remained steadfast. And you've heard of the steadfastness and the endurance of Job. And you have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Now, in these five verses, we find the words or derivatives of the words wait, patient, endurance, and perseverance seven times here. And these, these words are more than just good virtues. These are really the keys. They're the secret 
to living a life of victory and power as a Christian. James is saying to us today, if you want the very best of God, if you want to see heaven move in your circumstances, learn to wait on God. Now we're going to take a couple of weeks at least to look at this text together. This morning we're going to begin with uh, one of three questions. And this first question has to do with the time of waiting or the time for waiting on God. In other words, when I'm in a hurry and God isn't, how long do do I need to wait on God? How long do I need to be patient? Well, look with me here at verse 7 of James chapter 5. Again, James writes and he says, Be patient therefore, brothers and sisters, until when? Be patient until the coming of the Lord. Now, it's interesting. Commentators are divided. Bible scholars are divided on exactly what is meant here. Uh, Some folks may disagree with me on this, but let me share with you what I don't think James is saying. I don't think James is saying, be patient until the second coming of the Lord. I don't think that's what he's saying when he says, be patient until the Lord comes or until the coming of the Lord. Now certainly, Jesus is coming again. We we affirm the doctrine of His second advent, His second coming. Uh, And when He comes, He's going to solve all of these problems. We're not going to have to wait on anything anymore once the Lord comes again. But I don't think this is what James is saying. If you've ever analyzed the book of James, done any study in it, you know that James is sort of the nitty-gritty guy of the New Testament. He's not as much concerned with doctrine, although that's important, as he is with practice. His concern is the difference that Christianity ought to make in our lives right now. So I think what James is saying is this. When you find yourself in a time of need, when you have a problem, when you have a struggle, when your circumstances are absolutely threatening to swallow you up, wait until the Lord comes through for you. Be patient. Wait until you see God move. Now, James uses a vivid illustration to back up what I believe he is saying here. And he talks about the farmer and how he produces a crop. Look here with me and see what James has to say here. He writes and he says, Be patient therefore, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. And then he says, See how the farmer waits for the valuable crop or the valuable fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives the spring and the autumn rains. Now, a farmer, James says, has to do a lot of things if he wants to produce a crop, but he has to wait on the rain. Now, the rain comes from where? The rain comes from heaven, but it does its work where? (laughs) It does its work on the earth. 
What you're waiting on, James says, if you're a farmer, is for heaven to move. But you need heaven to move so that you can be productive on earth. See, James is talking about waiting until God moves in your life, in time and space. He's not talking about waiting until you get to heaven. He's not talking about eternity. I, I heard somebody say one time, Preacher, don't talk to me about pie in the sky by and by. I want ham where I am. Well, this is about ham where you and I am. This is about where we are, where we live. James says, wait until the Lord comes through for you. Wait until the coming of the Lord. He'll move in your situation. He'll move in the midst of your problem. He'll move in the midst of your circumstances. But you've got to be willing to wait on Him. Do you know when we get in so much trouble? We get in so much trouble as believers when we get impatient and we're not willing to wait on God to move. Instead, we go out and we try to move things ourselves. And that's when we get in a mess. We try to take matters into our own hands. We come up with our plans about how we can work this out or solve this problem or deal with this situation. We always get in trouble when we do that, when we're not patient, when we're not willing to wait on God to come through for us. Now, there's a vivid biblical example of this in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. Let's look at this biblical example. In, the, in, in 1 Samuel, there's a story about the very first king of Israel, King Saul. In chapter 13 of 1 Samuel, Saul had led the Israelite army into battle against the Philistines. Now, God's prophet Samuel had had some very specific instructions that he gave to King Saul as he waited for this battle to begin. And Saul said to him, or Samuel said to Saul, Saul, I want you to wait. I don't want you to do anything here. You need to wait seven days until I can get there. And after I get there, then I'll make a sacrifice to the Lord. I'll, I'll make an offering to the Lord. And then we'll determine what the Lord wants us to do. We'll seek His guidance. We'll seek His blessing. We'll seek His plan for this battle. Well, while those seven days of waiting uh, on Samuel were going on, Saul was watching the Philistine army build up their troops. He was watching them bring in more chariots. He was watching them occupy the best strategic places on the battlefield. He was watching them sharpening their swords and the tips of their spears. And all of the Israelite soldiers were watching this also. And some of them began to get scared. Some of them ran off and hid in caves. Some of them deserted the battlefield altogether. And so the seven days were almost up and Saul was looking around and there was no Samuel in sight. And so as the Israelite soldiers began to scatter, Saul began to think, hey, I'm, I'm losing my entire army here. I've got to do something. And so while he still had an army, he decided that he would offer the burnt offering. He would offer the sacrifice to the Lord himself. 
So he did. And just as he was finishing doing that, guess who shows up? Samuel shows up. And Samuel, seeing what Saul has done, says to him, Saul, what in the world have you done? Why why are you doing this? I told you to wait on me. Now I want you to look at Saul's reply here in verse 11 of 1 Samuel 13. Saul says to Samuel, When I saw that my men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. In other words, Saul said to Samuel, Hey man, what could I do? You know, I couldn't just sit around all day waiting on you. I was losing my men. You know, morale was going down. These guys were scared. They were deserting the battlefield. I had to do something. Well, Samuel then says to Saul in verse 13, You have acted foolishly. Why do you think, Saul, that you had to do it your way instead of God's way? And then he said this, Now, because of this, because of what you've done, the kingdom will be taken away from you and it will be given to someone else whose heart is in tune with God. It's going to be given to someone else who understands how important it is to wait on the coming of the Lord. Church, Saul lost the kingdom because he wasn't willing to wait for the Lord to come. He wasn't willing to wait on God to move, to come through for him. And I wonder, can't help but wonder, how many things we lose or have already lost because of the very same reason. I wonder how many opportunities never come our way. How many solutions to our problems we never see? How many miracles we never experience because we have not been willing to wait on the coming of the Lord? Listen, I know it's hard to wait on God. It's hard to wait on God, especially when you're in a hurry and He isn't or doesn't seem to be. When it seems like God isn't doing anything. But God's Word says, be patient. Wait. How long? Well, James says, wait until the coming of the Lord. Wait until the Lord comes through for you. How long will that be? I don't know. Some of you have been waiting for a week, and you wonder why God hasn't come through for you. Some of you have been waiting for months. Some Maybe you've been waiting for years and you don't have an answer. You don't have a solution. I don't know how long you'll have to wait. All I can tell you is that this word says, wait patiently until the coming of the Lord. Wait until God moves. Wait until God comes through for you. The farmer has to wait until it rains. He can't make it rain I mean, he can't do rain dances. Well, I guess he could. He can't shoot arrows up into the clouds. You know, he, there, there are a lot of things he can do, but he can't make it rain. He has to wait on heaven 
to move. Some of you today, right now, you need heaven to move. You're waiting on that opportunity. You're waiting on that person. You're, you're, you're waiting on that situation. You're waiting on that business venture. You're, you're waiting on so many things. You're waiting for that burden to be lifted, that problem to be taken away. And it's hard to wait. Let me leave you this morning with a sustaining promise from this text. James says, here, look again at verse 8. Stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Do you see that? James says the Lord's coming is near. He's not far away. He may seem to be far away, but He isn't. His answers may seem to be far away, but they're not. So when you're tempted to quit, give up, throw in the towel, do something yourself, don't do that. Ask God to strengthen you for another day, and He will. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. If there's something you can do about your situation... If you've taken it to the Lord in prayer and He's told you to do something, then do it. Ask God to reveal to you if there's some action you need to take, then take it. If you can change things biblically, then do it. But if you can't, and many times we can't, many times there's just nothing we can do, the Word of God says wait. Be patient until the Lord comes through for you. Don't, don't try to take matters into your own hands. Don't try to figure out how you can manipulate things. Wait on God. He'll come through for you. You know, it is amazing. I mean, it's amazing what can happen when we're patient, when we're willing to wait. Because when we're willing to wait, even the seemingly impossible becomes possible. Let me show you this illustration. If I'm impatient, if, if I'm not willing to wait, then it's going to be... I've got some kind of colander screen meshed uh, little thing here that I uh, stole out of Ruth's kitchen. But uh, if I'm not willing to wait, if I'm impatient, it's going to be impossible for me to carry water in this colander to carry it across the room. Why? Because when I pour it in there it goes right through. I can't, I can't carry it anywhere. But if I'm patient, I can. You know that? If I'm patient, I can. How is that possible? Well, I've just got to wait a little while. All I've got to do is wait for the water to freeze. And if I wait for this water to freeze, and that's not going to come out of here for me right now. If I wait for this water to freeze and I can pour it in here, then, uh, and it ain't going to freeze for me. Uh, this thing doesn't ever work the way it's supposed to. But, can you see it's frozen in there? Ice. If I wait and allow God to work, if I wait and allow God to bring things together, if I wait and allow God to do what only He can do, then what seems to be completely impossible is always possible. There you go.
And I can carry that water all around this room because I was willing to wait. I was willing to be patient. Listen, there are a lot of things in your life that you think maybe can't happen, that you think maybe won't happen, but that God can bring about if you're willing to wait until He comes through for you. I know right now in these days, a lot of us are waiting about a lot of things that we're uncertain about. God is not absent in these circumstances. His hand is still at work. And His hand's at work in every circumstance of your own individual life as well. Those things that maybe only you and God know about this morning. So be patient. Stand firm. Wait on the coming of the Lord because His coming is near. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank You for this time uh, this morning. We're grateful for Your Word. Thankful, God, for Your promises. And in this time of waiting on so many things, I pray, Father, that we won't take matters into our own hands, that we'll be willing to wait until You come through for us. You've promised that You will. You've promised You'll meet every need according to Your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And we thank You for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us this morning. And now as we conclude with this time of worship, you join us and we'll see you next week.